Hello everyone, welcome back to the Arsenal way and yes, of course, we have your daily Arsenal agenda show, your daily show from Monday Monday to Friday, 10am, and I'm joined by Uma today just to, just to discuss the topics. Uma, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, baby. It's nice to see you back. We've been missing you on the stream, man. <laughs> yeah, I've been a while for quite a while. I've been here, then I just suddenly go somewhere, but I'm here to stay now. I think the season's here. I'm not going anywhere, guys. I'm going to be here regularly, I can promise you that, but Uma... Just building up to the season, before we do get on to the Crystal Palace game tomorrow, of course, the transfer window is still open and it's only right that we stick to that notion. And surprising news last night, I know I was getting ready for bed and then suddenly Fabrizio <laughs> Romano tweets that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang could be making his move to Chelsea. What's your thoughts on that? Bailey, you know the irony on this? So I was on Instagram and I was just going through Aubameyang's Instagram out of all people. Wow. I was going, I was going through his Instagram. I was looking through his stories. Leave Instagram, go onto Twitter. When you refresh the feed, Fabrizio Romano, and I was thinking, what the hell? What is this? But it is crazy to think. But again, it, what it shows me is Chelsea have no strategy in this transfer window. Like they're playing FIFA career mode. In my, in my opinion, in my eyes. Like the pressure since Marina left, Petr Cech left, all the pressure has gone on to Thomas Tuchel. And he's kept on saying this in the past, that he, this is not what he does. He's a football coach. He likes to manage players. But now he has to be um, sorting and liaising with Todd Bowley in terms of the day-to-day -day operations of the club, who's coming in, who's going out. And I think it will have a negative impact on Chelsea for the upcoming season. Because... Bailey, you can buy as many good players as you want. Like Chelsea are going through this Galacticos way, yeah. similar to what Real Madrid do. Koulibaly, um, Sterling, Frankie De Jong. Every day, I think there's a new rumour who Chelsea wanting. And it's coming across as desperation for me now. There's not an um, idea in place. Don't get me wrong. They're good players. But Manchester United had a good team last, last year. They had superstars building that team. Pogba, Cristiano Ronaldo, but it doesn't matter if you don't have a strat strategy in place, and I don't think Chelsea do have one. But going back to Aubameyang, when Lewandowski joined Barcelona, I was a bit weary of mm. what this would mean for Aubameyang because Lewandowski, for the amount of money they've paid for him, he's not going to be a backup. He's he's the number nine, and. Barcelona at the moment, Usman Dembele is picking up a bit of form. They bought Rafinha. So where does this leave for Bamiyang? And it's crazy to think because since since he's gone to Barcelona, he's been on fire. But Thomas Tuchel has a good relationship with Oba. Um, and Aubameyang, as everyone knows, when he when he comes to a team, whether it's a new team, he does seem to pick up form. But I've seen a lot of Arsenal fans on social media. No, Aubameyang, don't do this. This would be a mistake. Arsenal fans have a habit of doing this. He's in the past. We've moved on. We've got Gabriel Jesus. We shouldn't be thinking about Aubameyang and what Chelsea are doing because, honestly, I can see Thomas Tuchel getting sacked. Yeah. This yeah. season, I can yeah. see him getting sacked. Or he, I can see him leaving um, Chelsea because the pressure will get on him. Because if Chelsea don't have a good start to this season, you need to take into consideration some of the players that they're going to buy haven't had the preseason, haven't been together with the team. So the pressure will be on Thomas to show to um, have have a good impact early on um, uh, this season. So the pressure will be on, and I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, Marco Carilla, good player, but he's not a good player if he plays a left centre back. He's a left wing back. 
what does that mean for Ben Chilwell? You're buying a Frankie De Jong who has re- reiterated so many times he doesn't want to stay. He, he doesn't. He doesn't want to leave. Sorry, Barcelona. He doesn't want to go to Manchester United. So honestly, I don't know what Chelsea are doing um, down the road. But uh, if if they if they want to carry on buying superstars with without a strategy, long may it continue. Yeah, absolutely. It is a weird one because you see they're linked to Benjamin Sesko, 19-year-old, big striker, dominant striker, and then they're linked to yeah. 33-year-old player Mikabamyang. It's like black and white. It's complete different ends of the spectrum what type of player you're going for. And I, I think that epitomises Chelsea's poor transfer plan at the moment. It makes absolutely no sense. And yeah, like you, Umar, when I, when I saw the Aubameyang news, I wasn't pleased about Aubameyang stay. I can't believe this yeah. is happening. I was almost laughing. I was like, yeah. OK, no, you signed him, Chelsea, and you see the issues you'll get Obama was excellent, excellent for Arsenal. But towards the end, I think he started to filter out. And sometimes when he says that a club too long, or it could be his age playing a factor because the Premier League is very demanding. I don't know if he would have the same impact he had when he first joined Arsenal, if when he first joined Chelsea, it's, he does join Chelsea. It's similar to because Thomas Tuchel, he's looking for a link-up striker, a striker mm. that can link up with the likes of Mason Mount, that's Kai right. Havertz. But that's not Aubameyang. Aubameyang is not that type of player. And it was the reason why Mikel Arteta slowly fizzles him out of the team, Arsenal team, because he wasn't giving Arsenal what Mikel Arteta wanted. Don't get me wrong, he's an elite goal scorer. You give him a chance, nine times out of ten, he's going to put the ball in the back of the net. But if you want a striker to link up the play, um, to, to come deep, he's not that player. So for me, Chelsea, if you want to spend out, and it, it depends the price as well, how much will Barcelona charge uh, Chelsea? Because he's had the good last six months for Barcelona. So they may be thinking 25, 30 million. So if Chelsea want to spend that much on a 33-year-old um, player who's coming towards the end of his career, they can spend the money. So, um, But let's see what happens. Yeah, it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Chelsea uh, yeah. for any money Aubameyang to, 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 to pay whatever Barcelona require. But we shall see. It would be an interesting chance. I think it'd be one of the more surprising transfers of the of the of the window i'm sure i know it wouldn't go down with the arsenal a lot i don't know if Aubameyang would do that move but we shall see if that does happen it will be interesting to see over just a month remaining of the window but there are other transfers in the air and ones that are stalling as well that is really getting on our nerves Umar, and that is lucas torreira to galatasaray now it seemed like a deal was set to be announced everything was in place and suddenly now torreira is stalling on the move umar does torreira have a right to do this or should he just go to turkey He's frustrating me, barely. Honestly, he's frustrating me because I don't understand Lucas Torreira. He's coming across as a petulant school kid, to be honest. He he wants to leave Arsenal. Fair enough. He wants to go to Italy. We we put the price um, on the table, what Fiorentina needed to pay. They didn't accept that. And we don't want to be known as pushovers. So that didn't materialise. Valencia came again. Trying to trying to treat Arsenal as pushovers, saying we should terminate his contract, we should allow him to come to Valencia for free, or even a loan deal. No, why should we? Again, Galatasaray put the money on the table. Whether it, it whether some people can debate whether it may not be his market value, but they put money on the table. Okay, I think uh, Muzrella plays for Galatasaray as well, so uh, Terra's uh, Uruguayan compatriot, so he can go there. And he can at least have someone with him in Istanbul. But no, he's looking at that deal. He's thinking, no, I, I want to go to Valencia. You know what I'd do, Bailey, if I was Edu? I'd go to him today. I'd say to him, listen, Lucas, if, if you don't want to go to Galatasaray in a World Cup year, you can be playing for the under-23s. 
in a World Cup here. Because I think that's what we need to do. We need to be ruthless and we need to be aggressive because we can't be thinking, oh, Lucas Torreira, he wants to go to um, uh, Valencia. We should accept his wishes. No, if you if you want to buy our player, you pay the money, put the money on the table. And if Lucas Torreira is going to be a kid about it and he doesn't want to go to Galatasaray, have a year on the under-23s and play uh, at Boreham Wood or somewhere like that in the World Cup year, then let's see if his mind doesn't change. But right now, he, he's frustrating me a lot because he wants to leave. You've got an offer on the table. Istanbul, beautiful country, beautiful city. Turkey's not a bad place to live in. Go. It's a World Cup year. He'll be playing games. And you know how Lucas Rea loves Uruguay. The South American players appreciate their countries. He needs to play games. So I just think Edu should go to him today or tomorrow and say, this is the, this is the predicament. This is the situation that we have right now. If you've on a did on a move to Galatasaray, you ain't going anywhere apart from the under-23s. Absolutely. Terrell, you can also judge, you can trust Umar's judgment on Istanbul being a beautiful city, as I've seen his Instagram post when he was in <laughs> Istanbul and did look nice, Terrell. So you can trust Umar's, Umar's judgment on the city. But let's just touch on your guys' comments on what you believe Terrell should do. Uh, Katz Flop says Terrell believes he is better than he is. Casey says Arsenal can release Terrell before, before we get his replacement. It is interesting with Terrell, I think. Your course, I'm going to go to Sampdoria, didn't happen. And then Florentina, it didn't happen. Now, it seems Galatasaray is his last option as Valencia, also not a team with a lot of money. And I think Torreira, sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and go. If you want to leave Arsenal that desperately, there's an option for you in Turkey. Maybe you can take up that option. But again, he's within his rights to say, no, I do not want to go to this club. Arsenal can't push him out. It's not the NBA where you can just trade a player away without his permission. So again, he does have his... He does have importance on the on the matter. Maybe he does not want to go to, to Turkey just yet. And, and Valencia is his place. Maybe Valencia will cough up the money. But we shall see. We shall see. I think it's going to be a saga of Torreira that lasts right until the end of the transfer window, unfortunately. But aside from that, we have done a lot of a lot of sales recently, of course. Balogun going to Stadram. Uh Patino, of course, going to Blackpool. We are Leno going to Fulham. We are getting rid of players, and I think we're getting rid of players to find bring in players next week. But we shall see what happens there. Now, let's focus on the real thing, what matters. Football on the pitch, Uma, of course. The season starts tomorrow. Arsenal first Crystal Palace, Selhurst Park. Under the lights, a night midweek game or Friday night game, should I say. How are you feeling, Uma? I'm doing what you do, Bailey. Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> I, I'm buzzing. Honestly, I'm buzzing. But probably come 7.30 tomorrow, 7.45, I'm going to be a bit nervy because we've had um, bad experiences at Selhurst Park. But I think... We, we're going there with the momentum um, with us at the moment. We're confidence. We're playing good football. We've had a good preseason in Germany, in the US. Crystal Palace have had a bit difficult preseason because with the vaccination status. So a lot of their players didn't travel to their preseason tour. So I think we should be going there with the confidence to be Crystal Palace. Defensively, I think we look strong at the moment. Um, we don't seem to be score, uh, concede, looking, looking like to concede the goals. Um, Attacking-wise, I think every time we come forward with the likes of Gabriel Jesus, Martin Odegaard, Bakayo Saka, Martinelli, we seem to be creating chances and we seem to be clinical in front of goal. But I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow. Um, under the lights, it's going to be a difficult proposition because Crystal Palace, um, there are no pushovers. But I think one key um, element of that game, which I think will help Arsenal, is no Conor Gallagher. Because 
I think that 3-0 defeat that we suffered at the back end of um, last season, I thought Conor Gallagher was fantastic. I thought the energy that he provided in the heart of the midfield, I think we couldn't even get near him. But the fact that um, he, he won't be in the Crystal Palace team, I think there's a doubt around uh, Lise, so he may not be playing. Um, so I think um, everything is positive everything is leading to a bit of positivity but when it comes to arsenal you know when you're looking behind there's something around the corner that thinks that says to you stop don't be overly optimistic but i think this season could be a good season i think bailey you even have the likes of jamie o'hara on talk sport talking about arsenal and tottenham being potentially tight on challenges maybe it's tongue-in-cheek don't get me wrong but he seemed to be um quite honest when he was talking about that so I think the fact is, if Arsenal can have a good start tomorrow at Crystal Palace and come away with the win, then the next four games that we have on paper, Fulham, Bournemouth, Leicester, um, Aston Villa, they're not in the right order. But those four teams, you could be looking at 15 points um, to start to start the Premier League season. On paper, we should be winning these five games. In my eyes, I don't want to be listening to fans saying, oh, a draw would be okay at Crystal Palace. No, if you want to get back into the Champions League, if you want to be competing against the likes of Manchester City and Liverpool this year, this season, we go to Crystal Palace and we get the job done. Um, And then it will show Arsenal's true credentials. Because, you know, if we lose tomorrow, if we drop points, the bandwagon, the Gary Neville's, the Jamie Carragher's, Roy Keane's, they, they love, um, they love, they just love an Arsenal defeat, Arsenal dropping points because it gives them something to talk about. So we go there tomorrow, we get the job done and we move on to the next game. But I don't know about yourself, but I'm excited for this year. Of course no, I'm very excited too. I think this is the first season I've been excited for, probably since 2019 when we signed Nicola Pepe, but I wasn't as excited as I am now. So it is a big season. I think we have an excellent chance to get a, a perfect start in the Premier League compared to last year anyway. And we need to capitalise on that. We've, we've done transfers early. I think we know our strongest team already and we need to get going, get the rules in motion so we are strong because I think last year not qualifying for the Champions League was due yeah. to our shocking start and we can't afford to do that again. So we shall see. But before we do end the show, guys, Umar, I just have to get words on you, of course. I, think, I don't think we can end an Arsenal show without briefly mentioning the Arsenal All or Nothing Amazon documentary. I don't know if you've watched an episode yet or you're going to watch an episode and just what's your thoughts and feelings for it? I'm excited. I uh, just want this day to be over and done with. I know we've got the Mikel Arteta press conference at 12pm. So um, it's going to be a busy day. We've got Patrick Vieira um, as well, who's going to be doing his presser. But I saw a lot of fans um, staying up to watch at 1am. Fair play to them. It can't be me because I need to get to bed. I need to get my eight hours of sleep. But I'm excited to sit down, um, watch the three episodes, take time to look at it from a fan's perspective. But mm-hmm. I know a lot of opposing fans will be thinking, oh, Arsenal are laughing stock again. But as a fan, as a fan's perspective, I want to see what happens behind the scenes. I want to see how the fans and the, sorry, how the players react to the manager in difficult moments, in good moments. Because as a fan, you love seeing things that happen behind the scenes. So I'm excited. I don't know about yourself, but come the end of this shift, I'm going to be on my sofa, a drink or my a drink. Uh, popcorn on one hand and just watching this because I think it's going to be quite a good watch. Absolutely, absolutely. A good series it looks to be, guys. Make sure you do tune on Amazon. It is available now just to get inside of Arsenal and what it's like around the club. But we are going to end the show there. Uma, as always, mate, thank you for jumping on. Thank you, Bailey. Thank you.
Of course, if you like the video, guys, make sure to drop a like, subscribe to the channel, and most importantly, make sure you keep following us down. Darth, no way.